Our company brand safety worries impacting podcasting's advertising potential. Speaker Studio for iOS 11 is out with some changes. And we got an audio question from Steve of Safe Living Today Show. Well, welcome to the Speaker Live Show. This is episode 128. It's amazing. We're almost hitting 130 episodes here. On September 27th, 2017, my name is Rob Greenlee, and I'm the head of partnerships at Spreaker and Block Talk Radio. Thank you for downloading us uh, in, or just clicking play somewhere on the internet, or if you're in iTunes or Overcast or any of the listening apps out there, Spreaker Live Show also has its own apps in iOS and Android, so you can get us uh, over there as well. Um, you can certainly send me an email if you have a comment or question, uh, Rob at Spreaker.com, and we're always accessible, and we want to hear from you. And as I bring in my co-host, Alex Exum, who's the host of the Exum Experience podcast on Spreaker, uh, he's accessible too, uh, off of his email address, and we want to hear from you. Alex, what's the best way for, uh, for a listener to reach out to you? They can get me, and thanks uh, for introducing me, Rob, at Alex at AlexXM.com, and Twitter. We, we take questions at Twitter too, uh, or, you know, you can just shoot it. Uh, I, I guess you do you have a general email for Spreaker, Rob, or you just have one? I don't know if you have like an info at Spreaker Live. Yeah, I, I know you have the SpreakerLive.com. But yeah, actually we do. Any, any way you want to get it to us. Yeah, actually, you know, we, anyway. I mean, you can send an email. I mean, if you have a support question, you can send it to support at Spreaker.com too. So, and that comes up a lot. I mean, if a, if a, a user of the platform has a question or has a, a bug or a problem, we definitely want to want to hear about it so we can improve the platform. Or if you just have a general question that you have about podcasting, uh, you can send it to me. I mean, I get emails uh, all week long from uh, users that are um, on Spreaker and off Spreaker as well that are looking for help or if they need a pointer to point in a certain direction towards a certain solution, if they have a certain uh, problem that they're trying to overcome or something like that, I can certainly point you in the right direction to get a solution to that. Uh, and that's really the purpose of the show. And then we can actually take that question or that comment uh, and make it a, a topic of the show here that we talk about that can help a larger group of uh, podcasters to maybe solve that same problem. So, um, and Rob, so, last week I made kind of a joke that I, what we were not entertaining, or at least I wasn't entertaining any questions unless they came via audio format. And I was kidding. I mean, I, are we already were tweeting back and forth with some questions on Twitter. So I was kidding, but let's just say those will take priority. We got a great one uh, this week. I know that you're going to play. So, yeah. I mean, just send us the audio comments. That, that's what, you know, we're all podcasters. That's what we do. I figured it would be a little bit easier for people. Um, but they're trickling in. So those will get priority in my book. I mean, Rob, it's, it's your show, you know, however you want to deal with the comments is up to you. But in, in my opinion, I think an audio comment is worth, uh, 10 text comments, but that's just me. That's yeah. And if you want to send an audio comment directly to Alex, uh, feel free to do that. I'm sure he'll just forward it over to me and I'll, I'll build it into the, to the show in the following week. So if you have a special affinity to Alex, uh, feel free to reach out directly at him. You don't always have to reach out to me. So um, he's he's there and just flood his inbox with all your emails. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the only thing I'll say, Rob, and I appreciate that. Thank you for that. Um, just I don't know what the size limit is for your email, but I just so people know, I use Gmail. So I think it's like is it 15 megabytes? I got to go check. I but think it's like 15 I, you know, or just, just 20. So I think it's closer to 20 megabytes. Um, is, Tw okay. So that, yeah. I think you're right. So that's plenty. 
plenty for an MP3 for like a minute or two, you know, 30 seconds or a minute comment. Yeah, uh, exactly. I'm just thinking if people no. send WAVE files, you know. Yeah, things. yeah. don't send a WAVE file. That's probably not the most efficient <laughs> way of sending it. Um, plus, would. I can just... People would, Rob. <laughs> yeah, plus I can just drop that into the Spreaker Studio for desktop and just play for for the, the, the show and the listeners. Um, it's really easy, and that's what I did this week. The comment that we got this week was uh, it was less than thirty seconds long, so which is perfect. Um, but you, I mean, you can you can go up to a minute if you want. I'd be happy to play a little longer question or comment. Uh, it's just maybe if you have too many uh, sub questions in there, um, it may be a little bit harder for us to to address. Um, so keep it fairly concise and focused on a particular, you know, like one major topic that you would want to have covered by us, I think is the the rule of thumb that I would say, I mean, don't create a list of like 10 questions in your audio comment. Um, it makes it hard for us to answer it all. So anyway. Now, Rob, I got to say something interesting, but I got to break yeah. in because I didn't know this. This is like breaking news to me. But Gmail increased their file attachment limit to 50 megabytes. I didn't know that. Oh, they but did. Oh, wow. I didn't know that either. Right. But here's the weird thing it says. It says, this is from PCMag.com, so I trust it. It says, however, attaching a file directly in Gmail is limited to 25 megabytes. But I guess you can receive a five up to 50. So in other words, if you have a fit, you, that I mean, someone can send me an entire flipping podcast, right, at 50. So I guess you can receive up to 50, but I, I still don't. I guess you'd have to use another service that allows you to send. Uh, that much because Gmail will not allow. A little tricky, but that's what PC Mag is telling me. Just thought I'd mention that. Anyway, off topic, but interesting. Yeah, yeah. I've always known it to be a very good uh, platform for large file sharing. So, um, and it's sometimes easier to do. the The problem that you're going to run into is if you um, Gmail may support it, um, but other email hosts may not. So you may send uh, a a large file using Gmail to someone. But that other person may have a, a, a lower file limit, um, so it may bounce back or it may not make it. Um, so unless you know you're sending it to another Gmail user, um, I would I would be cautious of sending really really big files. This, yeah, that, that's strange. Anyway. Yeah. But I also wanted to mention we stream this show live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern from SpreakerLiveShow.com, and uh, that's a great way to get access to the show. Easy to remember. And we're always there. We've got, uh, like you can tell from the number of episodes, we have lots of episodes there covering lots of different topics in the podcasting space. And, and uh, you know, if you're a new podcaster or if you're an existing one, I'm sure you can find a topic there that will help you improve your show or make it a little bit better. Um, so go check out the archive. Uh, we actually, Alex, I, I was looking back at our stats and a lot of our shows get get consistent downloads over long periods of time. So... Um, a lot of our older shows uh, are still growing. People are still consuming those shows, um, which means that we create kind of evergreen content, Alex. Look out, you know. I love it. I love it. No, that's good to know. Well, I mean, I treat shows like this, shows that I, on marketing and things like that, that I go to, my go-to shows, I guess. And I'll go back in the archives all the time. So I could, I could imagine that. It makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. We cover a lot of topics, Rob. I realized that the other day. I'm like, when are we going to run out of topics? But everything changes so fast in podcasting, and there's always something new. I mean, my God, the whole blog talk, radio, Spreaker. I mean, there's always something happening. So it's just crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, there's. I guess we don't have a shortage of topics, especially the one today, which you know we didn't talk about this offline when we were chatting, but is near and dear to my heart. So Yes, I mean, I, me I mean, I – 
I don't usually have a, much of a problem coming up with topics for the show. Um, it's there's always new things bubbling up all the time, and the, there's different layers. You can, it, it's almost like an onion, right? You just kind of peel back layers of this genre or, or of this uh, this medium, right? And there's so many layers that go into this, and and I guess it, it just comes from the, the the many many years that I've been doing this. Uh, that that there's all these layers that you can get into and the psychology of it and how how people you know what drives people to get into it and what the topics are and how you work with other people it, it it's really podcasting is really a people game it's really all about people it's all about mm-hmm. um how people feel and how people um make choices and decisions in their lives and there's so many layers to that that you can, you know, I mean, like we've done, I've done 128 episodes on this and I, I've done 180 episodes with Todd and my other show talking about a lot of the same type of topics. So, um, speaking of that, the new media show. yeah, exactly. Let's, let's jump into the first topic and, um, and let's, let's talk about, um, podcast advertising a little bit and how, um, companies out there and brands, uh, are honestly and you know legitimately, I think, concerned about their their brands and how they're they're seen by customers, and that's really what we're talking about here. Is um, brands make a product, uh, they or they make a service of some sort, and they're concerned about their customers' perception of uh, what their brand represents. You know, I think brands are very very important. Uh, and they're very important to the companies that uh, have created them and fostered them and made them almost a a person almost they're, and brands are so important these days and and so you think about that in the context of a brand doing advertising and podcasting, and there is some potential uh, around brand safety and, and you know it's almost like we're kind of personifying. Um, this whole thing of a brand is almost like a person, right? And or it's something that has a life of its own, and that you have to be careful about, uh, you know, how it's represented out there and what it's associated with. And I think that's cuts to the chase of of what this question is around podcast advertising and how brands perceive it in the um, the most common way that um, advertising is done in podcasting today, and that's uh, live reads or host reads. That's the terminology that's um, that's used. And it's really what it is at its core is that the host of the podcast basically talks about an advertiser and they get paid for doing that. And the question gets back to is, is uh, what is the content of that ad? And is host reads the best method of advertising for every advertiser. And I think that's what's wrestled with here. Now, Alex, I mean, what's your thought on this, this, the basic question, then we'll just, like I said earlier, we'll just kind of peel back the onion on this a little bit and get into the, the core issue here, which is, um, um, should podcasting move more towards brand controlled advertising, which, uh, has been more scripted based on what the, what the marketer wants, or should podcasting maintain its its uh, kind of autonomy around host reads that the host um, kind of comes up with the content and and does more of an endorsement stuff? What's your what's your contribution? And then we'll just peel it back here. Yeah, I think the host reads are a lot more successful, and I think the numbers kind of prove that when they look at all the numbers and some of the people that do host reads as opposed to the traditional ads. Um, but I think it's going to be harder and harder for people even to get those type of host read mm-hmm. 
advertising deals, let's say, because of the concern of the brand. And I don't know what happened, Rob, but it's like somebody flipped a switch and everyone was terrified of YouTube and podcasts and all of a sudden they've been advertising on them fine before. Right. And sucking up all the all the profits and revenue they got from that advertising. And YouTube was happy to take their cut and whichever other monetization systems people are using. There's others. But I'm just thinking of the ones that I use. And they were all happy to take the money. Then, you know, I, I don't know who it was. I still don't. To this day, it's this big mystery. It's like a black hole. It wasn't any particular advertiser. It doesn't seem like it was anything. All of a sudden, the end, and they, it's like the industry. It's this mysterious board. Like there's a bunch of advertisers stroking their white beards, right, in a smoky room. And they suddenly just said, you know what? We're concerned with advertising. And they flipped the switch. And they just demonetized. I talk about this all the time. 60, 70% of my videos, I'll go over my numbers. I'm not scared about sharing them because they're abysmal right now, but I can show you what I was making before. But what I'm getting at, Rob, the host reads are very important. I think that's more beneficial to everybody, the advertiser and the host. But there's so few of that going on right now because the landscape has been scorched. They have this scorched earth policy that if it's even slightly controversial, they're not, they don't even want to deal with you. But CNN, Fox, MSNBC, the bigger YouTube – I'll give you another one, the Young Turks. These kind of people can have – talk about whatever the heck they want, and they don't get demonetized, right? But if I say something even remotely controversial, remotely demonetized, no way I can refute it. I'm I'm primarily talking about YouTube. Now, I'm not talking about Spreaker's monetization, right? I haven't had much – income coming in from it. So I guess it it doesn't concern me as much, but that I think is more of a concern right now. They're going to get their money anyway, Rob, if it, whether it's a host read or, I mean, let's say not their money, but their exposure from their ads, right? Whether it's a host read or it's inserted by the host themselves, or if it's just done by the platform and it just sprinkles them in, which sometimes I don't know if that's a great idea. Whatever way, they're going to figure out the ways to get the ads. And the problem is, am I going to be able to run ads? The Exum experience probably won't be able to. The Spreaker Live show probably will, right? Not controversial. But if you're talking about politics or religion or society, culture, anything anything touchy, it could be well, or even, right now, Rob. You could be talking about Or even four-letter four word language, I think, is, is there you go. fairly well taboo out there. And and the problem is, is, that, is that there's a misunderstanding of this medium. Uh, I don't know that four-letter words are necessarily as big of an issue uh, or uh, because the audience is there because they know that, that that's in that content. I think that there is a risk. Um, one example, on my, on my new media show, Todd dropped a, dropped a four-letter word in the show, and I got an email about it from a listener um, saying that, you know, I, I can't listen to your show anymore because Todd, Todd used a four letter word in the show. Um, but I think what happens is, is that the host needs to decide what their show is. And there's going to have to accept the fact that not everybody's going to want to subscribe and listen because they're using that four letter word. But over time, what you do is you, you self filter your audience and the audience that is listening is choosing to listen to it because they expect that to be there, else they wouldn't be listening. So uh, I think you have this kind of expectation disparity that's different with podcasting than was with radio. Radio, you turn the dial on, and it could be anybody listening. The, the, the radio comes on automatically, right, in a car. In podcasting, you make a, a very specific choice 
to either download that episode or click play. And usually the, the listener knows the context of the show. There's usually metadata around it. So they, they know maybe the first time that they listen to it, maybe they get offended and they just don't listen to it ever again. But it is kind of a self-selecting process. Um, so generally your audience isn't going to be offended if, if it's something that's a regular part of your show. Um, but the problem that comes into it is the advertiser has built in sensitivities to that. And unless they're open to, to that, uh, it causes a problem. Well, some of the most popular podcasts have potty mouse, right? Adam Carolla, J- uh, Joe Rogan, yep. uh, Mark Marin, right? I mean, he lets them fly, I'm sure too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't listened to his show in a while, but I mean, so a lot of the big guys will curse and it's not a problem with their advertisers. They're still getting revenue. Well, some um, of them but- are still sensitive to it. I mean, I think that it may not always be, be visible, um, on the outside that those marketers are sensitive to it and maybe push back on Joe Rogan and these guys to, to kind of tone it down. Uh, well, I think that, well, not only that, that probably but... happens. I think that probably happens and I've seen it happen, you know, back when I was working at podcast one, working with, uh, you know, like the Adam Carolla show and things like that. I know that Adam would, uh, go off of the, go off of the script quite often and, go a little off color and things like that. But, um, the advertisers were like willing, some of them were willing to accept that because that's what drives the, the audience. That's what drives the the listeners and they want to get results from their advertising. That's their priority. And if he's a little off color or he's a little curmudgeon um, uh, that's just Adam Carolla and they have to accept that. Uh, and the audience already accepts it. So, why can't the advertiser, but it, it does get back to the advertiser saying, well, is that what we want to associate with the brand? What does the brand represent? And does this personality uh, fit with that brand? You know, I think that's the, that's the friction that, that happens whenever you get into extreme personalities like that. Well, and they, I, I know we're beating a dead horse here, but they are bigger guys, right? So they can take bigger risks. In other words, they can use some of that language and they'll still have advertisers willing to deal with it, right? So Mm -hmm. the average little guy, right, who's trying to earn advertising and approach advertisers or trying to avoid being demonetized, they're they're just going to do it. They're not going to care because your numbers aren't big enough, right? (laughs) Even if you're making a couple hundred bucks, that's nothing to them. That's a drop in the bucket. So yeah, so it depends on, I, I think, the size of your show and like you said, the audience. I mean, look at Howard Stern, right? Howard Stern, and he's actually a good example because when he went to satellite, now he could do whatever he wanted. Now, and he say they drop F, they say whatever they want, right? Did it help the show? I don't think they lost, you know, the advertising's there or whatever. They wouldn't be doing the show, or XM's paying them, or Sirius is paying them enough money that they don't care. Yeah. But I, I don't think it really, and I'm not a big fan, I don't listen, but I, did it really help the show? I mean, his show didn't skyrocket to the top because he drops F bombs. I don't think it really, you know, it can only alienate some people. You know what I mean? I, sometimes yeah. I don't think it's a good idea, but uh, you know my opinion on that. I always talk about that time I got that email. So just like you got the email about Todd, I got an email saying, Alex, I loved your show. It's a show about milk and acne. I know it's a long story, but I, I was proud of the show. A woman commented and said, I was going to play this for my youth group or my church group, whatever, and I couldn't because you dropped the, you know, the F-bomb at the end. You know, geez, thanks. You know, it was kind of disappointed. I was like, oh, oh man. All right. So I've talked about this before. It just it. – there's other ways to say 
words, bad words, or just express yourself without having to risk it is my whole thing. You know, if I'm trying to grow my audience, I don't want to risk it by having that person that emailed Todd. I know a lot of people are like, oh, come on. This is 2017, lady. It's a podcast. Lighten up. But, you know, or I'm saying lady. I don't know if it was a lady or a woman. I'm just saying. But still, that you just lost a listener, right? So is it worth it? Well, it can also go the other way, too. So sometimes if, if, uh, if an audience has gotten used to that type of language being in their show and that's, that's what you've built your show around – um, they can be disappointed that you've um, numbed it up, you know, or you've taken its uh, its character away. I think it goes the other way too. I think um, your audience Maybe, gets yeah. used to whatever you're doing, and if you change it dramatically, then it then it loses something. I mean, that audience is there because they they like what you're already doing, and if you make uh, if you tone it down or you make it less. Uh, emotional like that because I think in a lot of ways language like that is linked up with uh, passionate and uh, passionate emotion and and I think that's what oftentimes people tune in for is that rawness and that that sharing of the, those those emotions and and there's a price to pay to to take that stuff out of your show especially if you've built your audience around that type of content yeah and, and I think it's I think it's sometimes easier to let those things fly in a, in a curse. <laughs> and then just uh, take, to like, take the consequences that come from it. Right. I've done it. I mean, trust me. I've, and there's been shows where I've let them slip and I, I didn't even realize I did it. You know what I mean? Like later on, I'm like, I'm listening to it. I'm, I'm going to edit something out where I had a cough or a pop and I go, Oh gosh, I said like, I didn't know I said that. I mean, it just happens when you're like you said, you're passionate. But I try to keep mine clean. I, I don't know if how the listeners I'd love to hear what the listeners think, because I'm sure our listeners have some pretty colorful podcasts. Oh, yeah. I've heard sure. some. Sure. <laughs> and I mean, it depends on what your personality is. I mean, you do need to be true to yourself. And if it, and if this is how you are and this is how you have to be passionate is it includes that type of language, then. You know, I'm not going to tell somebody not to do it. I'm just going to say that that you know you have to take the consequences for that and realize what you're doing, and and, and that and advertising not may not should. be as yeah. big of an opportunity for you. It just it just yeah. comes with the territory. Well, Todd, uh, the new media show is a good example because Todd doesn't curse normally. I'm surprised that he did. Oh, like, he yeah, I, didn't, I don't think I heard that show where I missed it. He yeah. does? No, no. I mean, he he does a he clean doesn't. show. I mean, I he mean, just he, clean show that right. Yeah, so that's yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's so why was, maybe the woman was offended because she's used to a clean show, right? Correct. She's not used to the correct. Yeah. yeah, and that that that's really at the core of what I'm talking about here is once you set the expectation with your audience uh, that it's a clean show or it's not a clean show, then you kind of have to stick to it. You can't you can't uh, be a be a show that's that way um, just randomly. I mean, you have to build up to it. Um, and, you, <laughs> and, and you have to warn your audience because, you know, there are sensitivities out there. He must on have been pretty sides. mad. Yeah. He must have been pretty mad. That'd be like you cursing on this show. The whole, the listeners would be like, oh, my God. What happened? <laughs> what the, I mean, you'd have to be pretty upset. Now, if I did it, everybody would be like, oh, yeah, I expected that. It could be bleeped for three minutes, right? That's it. Because I, I control I have to control myself. Yeah. But yeah, I did, and Todd, I'm surprised. I, now I'm so curious. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to the show. Now I want to know what got him so heated. Yeah, so <laughs> what the f bomb are you talking about? <laughs> curious now. It must have been good. 
or beep. I must have missed that. I, I guess I could always uh, beep it, right? Yeah, I used to do that on yeah, my. Could... I used to do that on my old radio show. We would have some guests in that that were pretty colorful, and so so we would still leave that that word in the show, but we would just do a like a beep. <laughs> so you could still kind of show. hear the 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 word, but but it was like we made a conscious effort to to kind of um, you know kind of disguise it a little bit, and I know that happens a lot on other major media outlets too, you know, TV and radio and stuff like that, where they'll, they'll leave that in there, but they'll, they'll just play a sound over the top of it or something um, to kind of camouflage it a little bit. Right. But what you want to hear, the, you want to hear the big secret Rob of radio, uh, radio, excuse me, television, What's let that? the listeners in just a little tidbit, a little tidbit. I know this is totally off topic, but we're just, we're talking, we're rapping here. Little tidbit. When you watch reality television and they're bleeping every two seconds, right? Yeah. Bleep, bleep, bleep. You know, it seems like, God, they're cursing up a storm. Yeah. A lot of times they're just bleeping stuff that's not even curse words because they know <laughs> it keeps your attention. They know it keeps your attention. It's sick. It's really yeah. sick in the head. But they'll bleep words, you know, like, wait, I don't understand. Like, Rob, are we talking about pot? It'd be like, no, bleep. I don't know. Bleep, Rob. Bleep, bleep. Right? Just normal talking. And they do it strategically so you think, oh, this is a heated, you know, discussion. And it's just all, it's all, it's all lies. <laughs> and Maybe that's what we, we should do. Spreaker should have like a little, little um, you know, sound effect here. That's the sound of a of an edited bleep, and we can just randomly <laughs> add it to the show to add a little character to it. Because you're not going to offend anybody if you do that, right? It's like, but it just adds this kind of like this colorful right. flavor to it. It's mystery. <laughs> what are they really saying? What is that's what you learn living out here in La La Land when you talk to editors. <laughs> yeah, it's all about the, the facade. There, there's nothing really real there. It's just a facade, right? Yes. Um, God. But anyway, one of the things I wanted to mention, too, around advertising, too, is is um, typically what we're finding in the podcasting space today is that ads should be restricted to, to about three minutes per hour is the, is the re- rule of thumb. That can be multiple you know, host reads or that can be multiple, but it's usually about th- three minutes an hour uh, is, and that's what? significantly less than, than, than radio and television uh, because yeah. the, the listeners are a little less, a little less tolerant to advertising in podcasts because it's such, I agree. Yeah. I mean, it's such a personal medium. And I think that's, that is what's different here is that podcasting is, is you're in that listener's ear um, now, granted, a lot of TV and music now is like that, too. People listen with headphones on their mobile devices and stuff. So I, I think in a lot of ways, um, a lot of the other mediums are becoming a little bit more like podcasting, too. So we could see this trend line that's been around podcasting kind of come to other you know, TV, um, movies. Uh, I mean, not that movies have advertising in them, but um, more more advertising that's you know around video and stuff like that taking a little bit more <clears throat> more of a personal touch to it um over time i think ads are going to evolve and change but any other thoughts alex before we move on and talk about the speaker studio ios 11 update no that's it i think we covered it uh, yeah mm-hmm. i think that's pretty much it for me. so we've kicked that horse more than enough times you think yeah Okay. It's dead. It's, it's over. <laughs> well, it's not dead. It's just, it's just, uh, it's just laying on the floor, kind of you know. off, off to the glue factory. 
Yes, exactly. So, well, I wanted to just mention that uh, if you go to uh, blog.spreaker.com, you can read a new article that's up there right now uh, talking about uh, an update that we made to Spreaker Studio uh, for iOS 11. You know, it's the, the, the big update that Apple just pushed out to all their devices. And what we did was we made it a little easier to pick your sounds uh, for your podcast. So... Uh, this article spends a lot of time talking about <clears throat> music libraries and things like that. So, and I, you know, anytime I talk about adding music libraries to a podcast, I have to put out a little bit of a, a of a warning and advise you not to use major music, major label music in your podcast. Try and get rights or use the Epidemic Sound subscription option that's available through Spreaker to add music to your podcast, but. Uh, uh, playing playing music in a podcast is not. I mean, major label music is not advisable. <laughs> Alex, what, I know we've talked about this a lot. Yeah, no, I think I think we, uh, we we let everybody know it's dangerous. There's still so many people who do it all the time now. I'm, I'm always amazed. I'm always yeah. amazed, and and to some people who don't even. They're not even podcasts, Rob, or they're just basically just it's streaming music or mixes they put together yeah. and things like that. So yeah, it's yeah. always a, always a problem. So we've made it easier for you to access uh, folders on your device, on your iOS device, whether um, tracks are stored in the cloud or in Dropbox. Uh, you're basically going to be given access to really your your whole file structure um, in that in that device, and that's what's kind of kind of new. Where where before you had to transfer you know files over to a specific folder. And then, and then get access to that particular location, where now you can kind of more globally go after uh, files that are in various places. Um, so I think it's a it's a it's an improvement. I wouldn't say it's going to change your world or anything like that, um, <clears throat> but it does allow you to actually in an uh, iPad device it allows you to drag and drop stuff too. So that's not so much the case in the iPhone, but. Uh, you know, so there's a little bit uh, better usability in the iPad uh, version of iOS 11, uh, so you can do do that. But it just gives you um, easier access to uh, to add um, clips or to add audio files to your to your kind of like your play activator or add them to the actual um, show themselves. So, so anyway, any thoughts on that, Alex? Are you? That's right. You're an you know, Android. I don't have an iOS. Uh, yeah, I don't have iOS, so I can't play with it. I don't. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> so I'm gonna actually be gonna be getting access to an Android uh, phone myself here pretty quick. Um, I I'm still using a Windows phone, but I'm gonna have uh, oh, access right. okay. to a Android phone here um, any day. So it'll be interesting to to experience that on a on a phone. Be able to actually go to trade shows and events and stuff, and be able to demo the speaker studio on an Android device, which I, I've been doing it on my Nexus seven, but that, that's a larger tablet, but, um, but it'll be good to have access. Well, to is there a, all this stuff? Is there, I'm sorry. Is, isn't there a windows app for uh, a windows phone app for speaker or no? Am I missing? There's something? a listening app. It's an old li- listening app that, uh, actually, uh, Microsoft actually was involved in funding and creating, uh, many years ago. Um, that, that's available, so you can listen to um, all all the shows that are on Spreaker on on a Windows phone uh, today. But there's no Spreaker Studio. 
There's no Spreaker Studio recording app for okay. for, for Windows Phone. It's only on iOS and Android. So gotcha. Okay. So that's what's been. Yeah, I'm glad you're getting an Android there, Rob. Uh, I mean, I guess there's nothing wrong with the Windows phone if you like it, but I don't know many people who have them. I knew one guy who did, and he, uh, uh, it drove him nuts because he couldn't, you know, a lot of stuff wasn't compatible type thing. Well, I mean, it's a great phone and device. I've been using Windows phone for a long time. As, as, you, as you probably know, I used to work for Microsoft, but um, mm-hmm. so I, right. I was working on the the windows phone area with the podcast stuff. So, um, I've been a pretty, pretty devout user of the platform and, and so really, really used to it and really liked the software. Um, but a lot of others didn't choose to, to embrace the platform. And, and I think a lot of it had to do with the app support. Um, there's just a lot of apps that are not available on it, um, that are available on iOS and Android. So, so I've been pretty, open to using Android and iOS. I have um, devices for both operating systems, so I've, I'm just knowledgeable about all the operating systems, and that's been I- important to me. I'm not a big fan of iOS myself personally, because I do have an iPhone, but I don't really use it very much. Um, but then again, I don't have the latest iPhone either. I only have a, uh, it's the, the iPhone 5, I think is what it is. Um, so... It's a nice little device, but I've always kind of seen it as a little bit of a, a toy because it's so small. Because I like big yeah, phones. Yeah. I like big phones. But anyway. That's the Galaxy. You get a Galaxy. That's what I have is the Galaxy. I love it. Yeah, I uh, love the six-inch six. phones. I don't have a new one. Yeah, I yeah. love six-inch phones. Because you're a big guy. I mean, you need I got a big, big hands. I, got a, I need something significant to grasp. I can't have, have a like the note. tiny. That would be a. A little toy phone one. <laughs> yeah, I know you need a. You don't need a little trinket. You need like the Galaxy Note, the big one. It's like That's the right. six and a half inch or whatever the heck it is. Spacious <laughs> screens and you know they're beautiful screens. Yeah, things. that's that's amazing. Well, let's uh, let's move on. Um, oh, I should say, um, if you want to read more about the uh, the change to the um, the iOS app. Uh, the Spreaker Studio iOS app, uh, go to uh, blog.spreaker.com and you can read more about it. And there's some visual kind of um, GIFs there that you can kind of see how it works um, also. So I would definitely go check that out. Um, I wanted to play uh, the audio comment, um, Alex, and then we can kind of kind of wrap up the show and, and uh, kind of move on for this week. Maybe we just do a little bit shorter episode this week. So um, let, okay, I'm sure. going to go ahead and play this audio comment we can talk about it and it should be a pretty quick conversation but uh, steve from the safe living today show uh, i guess he's a former police officer or current police officer but anyway he uh he sent us this comment so i'm going to play it now hello rob and alex this is steve carter of the safe living today show proudly hosting on speaker wanted to get clarification on a conversation between you and Alex last week on stats. Alex seemed to indicate that the stats for YouTube rolled back into the stat count on Spreaker. And it's my understanding that is, in fact, not the case. If you could clarify, that would be great. Thanks to both of you. Keep up the good work. 
Well, thank you, Steve Carter, uh, for sending us that audio comment. That was that was great, and your question <clears throat> is a really great comment and, and and question. And I know Alex has his thoughts on this too, but I will generally just uh, say that um, the stats that you gain um, on YouTube um, are in fact reported back to the the Spreaker analytical area in the CMS system. So, Alex. What's your experience with that? You're you're more of a, a YouTuber than I am. Yeah, sure. By the way, I just got to say he has a fantastic voice. He oh, yes, he does. Voiceovers. Agreed. And I don't know what he's using to record it. I'd be curious if he's using Spreaker Studio. I know he's uh, on Spreaker. I just subscribed to him. But um, fantastic mic and this presentation and voice. I, I just had to say that because I'm, I'm always impressed when I hear someone who's got a rich, crisp voice and a nice setup. And it looks like he does. Um, but getting uh, all praises aside, uh, thanks for the question. Uh, yeah, if you do go to your statistics, and I don't know if you're still clicking on the old one, but I suggest you go to the new uh, CMS, which it should have a little link, you know, at the top when you click on your settings there. I always see it there. Um, even with like sometimes, I'll, Rob, this happens to me. Even I'll like when I'm getting ready to upload a show that I, you know, pre-produce, not like this, but I'm getting ready to upload at a later date or something. And I forget the new one. So sometimes I'll click upload and I'm like, oh, wait, there's the link. And I clicked in the new CMS because you can, you know, schedule it and have it upload, whatever. You know, all the, I'm not I'm telling you something you already know. But at any rate, um, when you go into the new system, it's a little easier to find. You just click on uh, statistics. And then when you're on statistics, you click on sources and it'll show where those sources are coming from. And I did look. He is on YouTube. So he should. I'm assuming it's being pushed out by Spreaker. I didn't check that yeah it did have the little template actually because it does put that window uh not window but the uh spreaker graphic you should be able to see it now i the reason i see it pretty predominantly because a lot of my listens come from youtube so it's like right at the top so if you're only getting a few listens on youtube and you're getting more from let's say itunes or spreaker you might have to just scroll down to the bottom but it's pretty easy to find um and everybody, I think, should go out to YouTube like he is and like I do because you get a lot of listens that way. And I always talk about it, Rob, but I get a ton. Of, I'm looking here. My three biggest and I'm, this is probably for a lot of people, but my two biggest or three biggest, but two that are probably similar with everyone is Apple, right? iTunes or iPhone and then Spreaker, Android. That's what it says here. And then YouTube. So if people aren't on YouTube, I'm sure they're doing the Spreaker thing. You have to, right? And then hopefully you're pushing it out to iTunes because we always talk about that. That's where I get most of my listens. And then there's YouTube. So uh, yeah, you can look at your stats. I suggest you, uh, you know, look at them because I have been actually tuning some of my shows, uh, knowing what topics are trending. You can always go to Google Trends and search what's trending on YouTube or just Google searches and find out what's kind of the hot topic. For example, if you do a show right now talking about the NFL and if people should take a knee or stand during the national anthem, that'll probably get a lot of hits just because everybody's Googling it and wants, you know, wants to hear people's opinion. Um, so that's like one of the things that you can do, and you'll see your numbers shoot up on YouTube sometimes more so than you will see on normal podcasting platforms just because people are searching it on YouTube. I say this all the time, and I know I'm beating a dead horse again, but YouTube is the second biggest search engine in the world. It's Google, then YouTube. I mean, we all search things on YouTube, so you got to be on there. Yeah. Um, and the statistics the, the statistics prove it, at least in my instance. I'm looking at them now. I'm shocked. And I'm always shocked at how much I'm getting on YouTube. More than iHeartRadio, more than uh, others. I mean, there's a bunch of others here. Acast. Stitcher, 
uh, Windows Media Player. I, I think that's Windows Media Phone, right? Like what you have, Rob. So yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So the statistics are there, bud. So just go ahead and check it out, and I think you'll you'll be surprised at how many listens come from YouTube. Yeah. Well, I think I need to get this show out on on YouTube. I I don't believe it's on on YouTube right now. I didn't create a specific oh, account right. for for this, but it would be probably good to to get it over there. I'll have to figure out a way to do it. I just didn't want to put it on my personal account over there. So, which but right. But I'll have to have to figure out. You can create. Yeah, you can create multiple accounts. So if you have a YouTube channel personally, you, you can just create another channel and then have use that one. And I think, like, you know, when you connect it with Spreaker, you just have to connect to that particular channel. Because I have multiple yeah. channels that I really don't promote. Yeah, I think much. I have, like, three Google accounts already. So it would be uh, two. No, two accounts is all I have. Yeah, I have one for, for Spreaker and then my own personal one. So I'd, I'd have to create a separate one just for this show, I think. Um, right, yeah. But it might help our, our, our listener numbers, so it's probably worth doing, and then I can just automatically share it over there um, and and have it available on that platform too. So well, it's probably and it not going to pick if, up huge audience, but it'll pick up some. Oh, it'll pick up some because people are searching for podcasting tips and things like that, so they'll probably find it just based on keyword searches alone. Um, I, I will say, though, I have seen other podcasters do this and say, oh, I, you know, yeah, I didn't really get much engagement, but I think part of that is because they don't really build their YouTube channels. And I, I actually do other videos to build my YouTube channel. So I do get some spinoff, you know what I mean, from people who see some of my other three, two or three minute videos, and then they'll catch the podcast. So it, it works both uh, ways. Okay. It's kind of a so you should thing probably yeah. create a create a little YouTube video that supports your audio podcast over there and just have that sit on the front page of your channel. Is that what you're you're advising you can you can you, you can do that and there's a you can do it like a trailer type thing and yeah. you know an intro trailer exactly. and yeah. if people aren't subscribed type thing you can yeah and i it's weird because i started as i told you rob i started just push, pushing every show out there like a lot of people do and then i said you know youtube the sweet spot from my analytics on youtube for some videos like after two or three minutes they go away so i said well let me just get the, the best bits right so let me get two or three minutes sections of my bigger podcast, even though the the bigger ones out there, they want a half hour, whatever they can listen to it, but take a smaller section and use a different catchier headline. Now, I don't want to say clickbait, but something specific to that clip, not an entire show. Right. Um, and I think that's a big problem. People always do is they name their shows, you know, episode one or 31 or 28. Right. And, and you, it really helps you have a catchy title. But anyway, Mm -hmm. um, once I started doing the sh you know, smaller shows on YouTube, then I said, wait a second, I'm getting a lot more listens. I'm just going to start doing little YouTube videos as well. So it becomes, it's a disease. It's like, it's like podcasting. It's a disease. You start just, you get addicted and you start doing more and more and more. So anyway, so I, I don't want to just like, I don't want to like people to think, oh, I'm going to go on YouTube and my numbers are going to just skyrocket. Yeah, you know, it's something no. you got to work at, yeah. you know, and you got to build your subscribers. I just recently, I was proud of this, recently just got 5,000 subscribers. So go to my YouTube channel. I'm plugging now, Rob. <laughs> YouTube.com slash Alex Subscribe. I just got over 5,000. It took me a while. The other question, too, is, is this show too long to be really successful on, on YouTube? I mean, given that we're... We're pushing 40, 40 plus minutes here. Is that too long, do you think? No, I, I, I mean, there's a lot. Joe Rogan is like freaking three hours. <laughs> He's got his shit, you know, but his is video. So it's a little different. We have video and celebrities, oh. right? 
so people okay. are watching. Um, but and so does Adam Carolla has been doing video too. So when there's a video aspect, maybe the longer ones do a little better. But I personally, for me, if it's just pure audio, I always say this: seventeen to twenty minutes. That's my magic mark. And if I'm doing something yeah. very specific, even shorter, three, three, four minutes. Four I mean, minutes that's, that's best brutal, for. But. Yeah, I mean, it's it's possible that we we could do some video too if we wanted to. But it's just you know pulling that together. I'm sure you have a web camera there, and I have a web camera, so yeah. it it shouldn't be. I just worry about the bandwidth. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's always an issue. I don't have too much of a. I mean, I do a live video show every week with Todd, so um, I don't see where we would. Well, have that's a big yeah, problem. exactly. Well, we could do that. I mean, if you want to, if you want to push it out to YouTube and do video, we could incorporate it. I like what you and Rob, uh, Rob, I like what you and Todd do with the other yeah. show. My well, studio is not as good as his, though. Well, I that's say. all right. It'll I mean, little... it's it's really just a matter of getting access to each side of the video and somehow recording it here. Um, so that's that would be the challenge that I would have to take. I'm not quite sure yeah. if I could use like a Wirecast or something like that, or I could use some sort of a. Well, what is he using? Is he using Google? Oh, Handles? yeah. Well, he uses a, a, a forty or fifty thousand dollar TriCaster. So <laughs> I knew it. Yeah, I knew it because I've seen people do yeah. Google uh, Hangouts, and it's gotten better. I must admit, I've seen it get a little better, but it's just not. It's not as good. Skype is better in a lot of instances. Yeah, and if I can get get the video recorded out of two sides of like a Skype call or something like that, that would be that would be okay too. Or if I can. If we could do this on like a Google Hangout or something and somehow record it, um, that would be the ideal um, methodology. But um, we'll see. I'll I'll do I'll, okay. I'll do a little digging and see what we can do, and cool. maybe we can do a video episode every month or something. You know, once a month or something like that, just to mix cool, it up man, a little bit. Not making any promises right now. It just depends on how easy it is to to pull that together. So and it may be good cool. for others to to know how that's done too. So if the, they wanted to add like a YouTube video to their mix of content creation, if they can record the video the same time that they, they do the audio podcast, uh, that's, that would be, and it's not too much extra work, then that might be something that'd be worth it. Yeah. I wish I could contribute to that. Most of my YouTube videos, I use a screen capture utilities and like show the articles and documents and talking to the mic. So I don't even, it's not like I have a, a real camera. <laughs> I'd be using my laptop webcam type thing. It's not like oh. Rob. Uh, I keep saying Rob. It's not like Todd's uh, setup, like you said, where he's got HD cameras and and. The, well, you can just get like a. I mean, like a Logitech. Uh, it's like a nine twenty or nine thirty. Um, I don't know webcam. They're like sixty bucks or something like that. You can get them that uh, do yeah, almost almost HD quality video i have actually two of them sitting on my screen right now so i could do a uh, stereo video if i wanted to no it could be 3d video oh, you're already set two up two cameras yeah oh okay you're, <laughs> you're already set up yeah yeah because you already do a video show i mean yeah. i could mine mine would be okay but i could upgrade it's not a problem sure sure we're boring well, everybody they're like we don't care about your setup <laughs> yeah that's right move on guys i i've i've got to go mow my lawn now so or i have to go walk the dog right I got to so, go back to work. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, that's right. It's already past your uh, okay. your work time here. So, all right. No, I, did, I, did. I went a few minutes later. Don't worry about all it. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to the Speaker Live show this week. Uh, I know uh, Alex and I kind of went off uh, off the uh, wagon a little bit there. 
Um, so, so, and thank you, Steve, for sending us the audio comment. It was great to great to hear yes, from you. And, thank you, fantastic. And if you want to go check out um, Steve's podcast, uh, Safe Living Today Show, uh, just go to safelivingtoday.com. And you can uh, see his podcast. And, and I wanted to mention that, you know, it's great that he has a website like that. I think he did a terrific job. He's got links to all the places to subscribe to a show. You, know, you can listen to the show. You can get access to the episodes. And that's really all you need with a website for your show is just be a destination that um, gives that listener what they're there to get. And that's how to get access to your show. So, uh, yeah, well done. Perfect. Yeah. Great job. And thanks for sending us, and thank you for listening to the show this week. And uh, we'll be back uh, next Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time, uh, on the SpreakerLiveShow.com program. So thanks. Talk to you next week. 